Hi, I'm Taryn Winterbrill, host of Bestseller TV on C-Suite Radio. On this show, I sit down with leading business authors to find out what makes their books stand out from the crowd. With thousands of new business books and titles being published each year, we try to make it just a little bit easier for you to decide which ones are worth the read. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to Bestseller TV. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. We're here with Christiane Cates. She's the author of The Golden Thread, a memoir. It's great to have you with us. Thank you for having me. So to what does The Golden Thread refer? So The Golden Thread is... Um, Obviously, a memoir is a true story, so it's it's my story. I'm, I'm not that egotistical. I think there's a lot of um, interesting stories out there, but the golden thread is kind of the idea that there's a thread woven through your life that often leads you to the end of the path of maybe purpose and passion that you hadn't expected, and it's in the small details. Right. Okay, because, yeah, you mentioned one of the chapters is the significance and the little things, so we'll get to that. But Briefly, just tell us your story. Sure. You know, tell us what your golden thread encompassed. Okay. So I was uh, driving a car on a suburban road in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. uh, one morning, I had my two children, my eight-year-old son and my seven-year-old daughter, and they were buckled in the back seat. We had stopped at a fast food restaurant, and my son ran into the restroom and came back, and I said, seatbelts on. And I heard the two clicks. And as I was backing out of the parking lot of this fast food restaurant, there was actually a bird on the antenna of my car. And I remember thinking of this scripture that I was raised with, his eyes on the sparrow. And I thought, I don't even, I'm not a bird watcher. I'm not into birds, but it stuck with me. And we backed out of that um, and went onto the highway. I had something in my contact. Mm -hmm. So I looked into the rear view mirror, checked all my rear mirrors to make sure that there were no vehicles anywhere near me. There wasn't a car in front of me for about 25 car lengths. I went to get the lash out of my eye. And the next thing I knew there was this metal on metal noise smoke. And I hit the back of a dump truck, which was overloaded. There are no on-ramps there. There is nowhere that this truck could have come from. And so it turns out that there's a gravel road that does not have a sign, an intersection. And this truck came overloaded and cars were passing it along the way. So um, that resulted in my son, who was eight, um, his death, actually mm. due to seatbelt injuries, so sorry. which is about 5% of the population. Um, and it's been 14 years now. Right. So, um, and my daughter, who survived with her seatbelt off, wow. I think um, the, the aftermath of that is, it's a tough story. So I don't mean to sound like... Um, you know, I don't want to take the conversation down a road. Really, the epiphanies that came, came from that situation are something that I, don't, I wouldn't even trade. I think that there's incredible value when you hit a life-altering moment in your life. Um, I like to say that death or loss will bring you something that you would not obtain or even perceive any other way. Most likely a gift to your life that pushes you into purpose. Hmm. So, so that said... Through all of this, what would you think, what would you say maybe is your gift or your purpose that came out of this? Absolutely. So if you would have told me that I would ever write a book, that was not on my docket. That was not, a, I barely read books, honestly. Um, I was 
doing kids and doing laundry and working a day job and doing family and doing life. And a book was not on, on, on ever on my dream list. Um, but my son actually drew a comic strip book beforehand and it said, um, Lord have mercy, save us from the endangered cars with bubbles and captain underpants. And the teeth had girls in like the girls of the car had jagged teeth in them. Right. And I found it after he passed away. Huh. So I think what this story really does is there's hope and reason in the worst of situations. There's an outcome that sometimes you can't expect. Maybe there's a reason for everything that comes your way. So, I mean, you talk about sort of leading you to find yourself a new purpose. What would you say, you know, you found after this whole experience and was there a new purpose? Are you still looking for it or was the purpose writing the book? Great question. Everyone has opportunities in their life where either something happens to you and you have no control over it, or maybe you've made a bad choice and you've landed in a space that you have no idea how to crawl over that. I used to have a running joke that um, I told a friend of mine after all these things had occurred. I said, I'm just on a Bacardi IV drip. I've had a front, full frontal lobotomy, but I'm functioning amazingly well. Right. And um, I think no matter who you are, no matter where you are, if you're listening to this conversation, if the bottom has fallen out, you lost your job, you lost your spouse, you've lost a family member. Um, I really had the triple threat there. I ended up losing uh, my husband in an affair situation wow. and I didn't perform well after that either. And I lost my job. So I guess the moral of the story here is there's an amazing life after that. I had so much passion to help other people. Right. You really have to ask yourself if you're standing on the edge of a cliff today and your decision is, I quit. I'm going to go under a bridge and, and drink, right. or I have the opportunity to do something really, really great. What would that look like? If I could dream again, what would that look like? If the curb is a promotion to some people on any given day, right. the um, opportunity for you to be great and to grow your character and to find a way to make a message out of your mess. That's for sure. I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. But it's absolutely the thing that drives me when I talk to people and they tell me, you know, what their devastating moment is or where they're at in life. There's hope. Right. There's a way out. And it might even be the gift that you didn't expect. Right. Did you discover a level of strength that you didn't think you even had? Out of necessity. You, you know, you either decide I'm going to quit. And I think I had a defining moment where I thought I either step over the mess and walk like nothing happened and keep going, or you stop there and, and you'll, you'll never know. I mean, this, this book alone and the opportunity to speak with different people and the outcomes of the strength that they give me because it impacted their strength and their situation. Um, I'll tell you one story of a woman I was doing and she really changed my life. And I thought if I can do this every day, I was in a, um, a speaking opportunity and she came up to me afterwards and she said, your book came in the mail yesterday. I read the whole thing except for the last chapter. Hmm. I came to this to see you tonight. I'm saving the last chapter for tomorrow after I've seen you. She said, I was diagnosed with a disease. I have four children at home. My husband left me, wow. but if you can do it. And she started to cry, I can do it. And I think both of us hugged and I just felt like life purpose is so much more than the daily grind, the job you do. Life purpose is so much more about impacting people's lives, getting somebody 15 minutes at a time past where they are, because that's how I'm here today, because other people build strength in you, because faith matters, whether you're Jewish, atheist, Muslim, Buddhist, 
um, Christian, you know, I think that's one of the pillars of strength for me too. So is that what got you through it? Would you say, was it your faith? I think, you know, I do give some options for people. One of the things was my faith. I had a conversation, um, with the sky basically and said, you know what, this isn't really the plan I had. I'm not really sure I need you. I was raised in a Christian home. I, I listed my accolades. I was like, this is not the plan I had. I think I'm done. And the ultimate answer that I found at two o'clock in the morning in my son's room uh, with my Bible open was show up or don't show up, but I'm on the line of, of quitting my faith. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, um, you know, whatever your background, again, atheist, Jewish, Muslim, Buddhist have read the book and gotten great strength out of wherever they're at. Because the truth is sometimes you need something bigger than yourself. Right. And if you could fix that problem, I would have done it. I would have stayed up all night. I would have, I would have t- conquered that mountain. But sometimes it's the people around you and your faith that make that move. The other things that I recommend are, you know, plan something fun if you're in a crisis. Go be with people. Go do something. Once a month, that was great advice given to me. Do the positive homework in your life. If you have to dream again, I don't care how bad your circle, if you've had an obliterated life, chances are your life is being redirected to something great. You just have to figure out what that is. If your life looks like a mess, chances are there's a reason that everything is coming together to push you in the right direction, maybe for something greater than you ever thought about. C-Suite Radio. And you talk, we mentioned this earlier, this significance in the little things. What does that refer to? Wow. So these are, you know, some people will put me in the, in the, in the crate, in the crazy thinking category. I would not have been a believer had this not happened to me. But for example, my son knew that he was going to die. So I think cartoon. Yes. I didn't even pay attention to it until his funeral. And somebody had reminded me that he'd done this. Um, so just to interrupt you for a moment. So your son drew this cartoon where he talked about Mm -hmm. how he was going to he, he was afraid he was going to die. Wow. And he actually crawled into bed with me about a month before he passed away. And he, he crawled in. It was 10 o'clock at night. His father was on a business trip. And he crawled under the covers and he said, Mom, I'm afraid I'm going to die. And I said, wow. Baby. Seven, seven or eight? He is eight. Eight. Wow. Yep. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. You're going to grow old with me. We're going to rock on the rocking chairs until we're 100 years old. And I... This is so scary to be this vulnerable to say, but this little voice said, you really can't promise him that. And as a mother, you don't ever think that. So I took a moment and I remember, remember the breeze in the window. I remember the window being open. I remember the smell of his skin and his hair and he was just hugging me. And he had about three different, call them premonitions, whatever you want to call them. But um, wow. I'd never had that before. And I would have questioned it. The, one of my favorite stories is the day that he was uh, buried his funeral day. We'd spent two days in the hospital. Quinn had a broken jaw. She had a neck brace on. I stayed in the hospital with her, um, two days after he had passed away and we went to the funeral. Um, we stayed at home. No one had been allowed in our home. She was in her bed that morning. We were getting up to get ready she found a pool of pennies in her bed and I hear her yelling from my bedroom to her bedroom, mom, mom, where do these pennies come from? Nobody's been in my room and my parents guarded the house. So we had a two story house. No one was allowed in or out. The house was locked. Um, you know, funeral services are in papers. And so you tend to be guarded about who's around. Um, and she said, mama, I didn't put these pennies in my bed. And one of my best friends was there and she said, you know, pennies, uh, 
pennies from heaven. That means somebody in heaven is thinking about you. I had never right. heard that phrase. Right, they say coins. Right. Yeah, and on them they say, in God we trust and liberty. So I like to think that even in this situation, I might have been liberated from a life that I had, as difficult as that is, into something greater, mm-hmm. and that you just have to trust that something good is coming. Those pennies began to show up all over that book, and still to this day, um, the day that I got divorced, I think I saw four pennies. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way, they've been the ever, those are the little threads. The word spoken to you by a stranger that doesn't know you, that is praying for you. The the small, you know, uh, I think there's small woven pieces in your life that are the love of other people, the kindness of other people, the the the, pe- the things that people did in our neighborhood for us were, I didn't cook for three months. They, wow. they were in phenomenal people, right. people and a real together. culture. And you need those people in your life. And it really makes you recount the value of friendships right. and what they mean. So the pennies is a sign. Mm-hmm. Are there any other signs you feel that yeah. your son so it's, uh, he, he, so he came to me ahead of time. I had actually told my, um, then husband at the time it was April. He died in August and I went to him and I had lost my job. They had a mass layoff nationwide. I said, you know, I'm thinking about staying home for the summer because my friends were saying, you know, you, you might not get the summer back. You don't know. This might be the last summer you get with your kids before they go off to school and you continue your career. And I thought, sure, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll do that. Can I tell you that intuition and these little voices, had I not had that summer off, it is the best lottery ticket I've ever received. Not one that I expected. We did um, a number of vacations that year that we normally didn't do. Mm -hmm. So I think there was this thought process, the best of times and the worst of times, that famous book quote was kind of rolling around in my head. And we had life by the tail. I loved my life, my family, our finances were great. And so there was no reason to think, but I actually said to my husband, I feel like the fall is going to be hard for us for some reason. And he said, you know, I feel that too. Wow. So, um, I think there's woven threads in your life and you can write me off as crazy, but I am a science minded, Mm -hmm. stable, suburban, you know, Mm -hmm. college educated girl who doesn't believe, believe in this stuff. But at the end of the day, I think life happens to you in some ways, not the way you planned, but passion and purpose. Um, you know, I, you can't, maybe I couldn't get this any other way. So, so is there something to be taken away? I mean, obviously in a personal capacity, but do you think in a professional capacity as well? Thanks for asking. I think, uh, so true. Um, I'll make the point that what I was doing for a living had more value suddenly Mm. because life is short. Are you doing what you love? Um, so, you know, I would ask anybody who's in the business setting and for their personal setting, how you improve your personal life directly affects your business life and vice versa. Right. What tools you take at home, you take to work and what tools you learn at work, you can quite possibly use in your relationships. And so in this instance, if, if the challenge is, um, the wake up call, let this be the wake up call. If you read this book and find that you're assessing, am I with the ones I love? I hope that people went home and hugged their children after reading this book. I know the neighborhood did. I hope that people assess their marriage relationships. Am I working hard enough at this? Or my significant other? How is that working for me? What can I do to better create the life I want that I don't currently have? If you're glazing over at the job you're at, 
Maybe it's time to pinch yourself. Maybe it's time to challenge yourself. If you're staring over the cliff of if this is all there is in life, there's a business book you need to write. There's a gift inside of you somewhere you haven't taken the adventure on. In the workforce, if you hit a work crisis and you no longer feel the challenge, the joy of your work, or if you can find a way to relate this to real life people, that those are people you work with, what makes them tick? How do you on a personal level, connect with them. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's lots of applications. So on a much lighter note, Christine. Yes. Is it true you're working on your second novel, comedic novel with your daughter? I am. Excellent. Give us a little bit of a sneak peek. So so I started writing this self-deprecating single female in Los Angeles storyline. And, um, I guess I, this is the only serious book I ever intend to write. Um, so I have a business, business application that I want to do on intuition. I also have, um, the storyline with my daughter, which is that self-deprecating humor of being a single mother, raising her in Los Angeles, her thoughts on dating, my thoughts on dating. Um, it is a funny, uh, you know, she asks me, for example, I, I had the conversation, I'm not doing sleepovers. You're not doing sleepovers. She was 15. Uh-huh. And um, she's like, okay. I mean, they're candid conversations about the struggles we deal with, with how much skinnier can my legs look if my high heels are taller? Right. The, all the insecurities of my hair should be bigger. My lips should be fuller. You know, the pressure of Los Angeles that I experienced moving from the, from the Midwest. Um, I think it's much about who we really are as women and how to appreciate what what our strengths are and think less about what you think about on the elevator while you're sizing up everybody sure. else in there. Sure. And yeah, I mean, the golden thread is, it's a memoir, but we look forward to sort of the other side of Thank Christiane you. sharing Thank you with so your daughter. Much. I think it's terrific. I appreciate that. Thank you for just sharing and pouring your heart out on page and with us because it's really powerful stuff. And as we mentioned, there are lessons and things to learn professionally, personally. Thank you together. so much. So thanks for being here. I appreciate it. And for more information, check out our website, csweetbookclub.com, c-sweetbookclub.com. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time here on Bestseller TV. Like what you just heard? Visit c-sweetradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-sweetradio.com.